Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 333. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. Got a, a handful of things to get to today. Let's start off with baseball. Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, baseball is the one big sport that's still happening right now. Uh, we're in the offseason, but uh, what did happen this past week was the, the All-Star Game, where the National League won for the first time in over 10 years, so uh, that's that's big news. The game itself, I think the ratings just keep going further down. People don't really care that much about it, um, but it's nice for the legacy of the players to be like, I played in an All-Star Game. Um, but yeah, the big thing I want to do this week... Um, I actually had some stuff to talk about the All-Star Game. Oh, really you, quick. Okay, sorry. Just because, uh, no, no, no. This is just backing up from last week. Was uh, I, I always listen back to the podcast because I, I drive around a lot for work. So I like to, you know, it, honestly, because you forget. You talk a lot for, you know, an hour or whatnot. And then uh, you kind of forget what was said. So it's, it's always nice re-listening. And then you can kind of hear like, oh, this is what I said. And then you see like, you know, what ended up happening. Like when, especially when it comes to sports. So the reason I wanted to bring this up was because in the All-Star game last week, I mentioned that I was like, oh, I bet this will be a game where the Angels pitcher comes in in like the seventh inning and gives up like a go-ahead two-run double. Well, the Angels pitcher pitched one inning, no hits, two strikeouts, faced three batters, so he dominated. I also mentioned in the podcast that about how the Baltimore Orioles have a very good setup man and closer and that like if the Orioles ever have a lead going into the eighth inning, they're going to win the game because their setup man and closer are so dominant. That's Bautista and Cano. And the ironic thing there was that in the eighth inning, the National League were down two to one and they hit a go ahead two run a home run. So I was right about that part. And ironically, it happened against one of the Oriole, I think the Orioles setup man, Bautista. And uh, the crazy thing about that, too, was that Bautista going into the all star break had given up 10 earned runs all season long and only has allowed 30 base runners. And I imagine he's pitched, you know. 30 plus innings or whatever. So he doesn't allow much and he allowed something to nonetheless a hitter for the Colorado Rockies who are one of the worst teams in baseball. So yeah. kind of funny, kind of the ironic third catcher on the national league. Roster. Yeah. And I don't even think he caught, I think he just came in a pinch hit. And then like, I think like Will Smith or someone caught like the rest of the game. But uh, like Andy said, the national league one ended a big drought uh, and Colorado Rockies catcher, Elijah Diaz ends up winning the MVP. So, uh, just wanted to point that out because I just thought that was uh, pretty funny how I kind of was right in the sense that I said, oh, there'll be a late two-run hit in the game, but I thought it'd be against the Angels pitcher. But no, it was against the Orioles pitcher, who I praised being such a good pitcher. So uh, kind of funny how that stuff works out. But uh, yeah, National League breaks the streak for the American League, and they win the game 3-2. to two. And again, like I said, I'd mentioned it too. No interest in it. Like I just, it's just not that exciting to me anymore. Yeah, I mean, it didn't. It doesn't move uh, the ratings for Fox anymore, but, you know, they're still going to do it. Um, but, yeah, I was saying, I think the the main thing I want to talk about with baseball this week is uh, just kind of reviewing the over-unders, the, the picks we made at the beginning of the year, just see where, where the teams are, what teams look like they're going to be over or under. Um, so, right now, the Yankees joined the ranks of the disappoint, disappointing teams this year. 
Uh, they are now 10 wins off their over-under pace. Uh, all alone in last place. They're in the in the East now. So um, other big big teams off their, their over-under number. Uh, the White Sox, 16 wins under. Uh, the Royals, 23. Um, the Oakland A's are 18 off their pace. So those are the two worst teams right there. Uh, the Mets, 21 wins off their pace. They're, they're probably the most disappointing team because they were expected mm-hmm. to, to contend. Uh, the Padres, minus 18. That's also a huge disappointment. Time is running out for them to turn it around. Um, let's see. Was there any other big ones? Yeah, I think that covers it for the big ones. But then the, on the opposite side, who are the, the big surprises, the teams that have outperformed and are, are going to probably hit that over um, – <clears throat> By September, maybe. Uh, Tampa, 12 over. Uh, we talked about Tampa a lot. Baltimore, 23 over. I think they're the biggest over right now. Um, just a, a great great season for a young team. Um, Texas Rangers, 13. Let's see. The Miami Marlins, 15. We've got a 20 down there. Also, the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, Cincinnati Reds, a great story. Another they, good story. It looks like they're going to win that division. Like I, I Well, they're currently, they've, they've, they're come the out, they've come out of the All-Star break a little slow. The Brewers swept them this last week, weekend, uh, and uh, Reds only scored three runs in three games. They got shut out the first two, so maybe a little sluggish coming out of the break, but uh, definitely still live to win that division. Um, so we'll see. I mean, the Pittsburgh Pirates have pretty much packed it in. We talked about them early in the season, but they started to call up a lot of uh, younger players, and they are now tied in last place with the St. Louis Cardinals. So uh, Pirates, honestly, probably will end up getting last place in that division because I think at this point forward, them being tied with the Cardinals, I think the Cardinals will end up passing them because I think Pirates have kind of uh, shipped it in, and uh, their guy who was pitching really well for them to start the season, Mitch Keller, has come back to earth, gave up four runs on, like, the first four batters he faced today, uh, I think he was getting shelled. I think last I saw, I think the Indians were up, like you know, like seven nothing or something already early in the game. So he uh, is coming back to earth, and uh, yeah, I mean the Pirates, you know, definitely possibly good future. They have uh, some good young talent, but uh, that future is not going to be this season. Probably not even next season, but uh, you know, two, three, four years down the line, we could look for the Pirates to be making some noise. They're slightly over their their. Overpaced right now. Yeah, so. and I think that'll end up going down because, like we said, they've they've packed it in. And then yeah, the last two teams I have here that are over their win pace are the uh, the red hot San Francisco Giants, who uh, just don't seem to go away. They they had a great run and then kind of tail off and then are on another great run right now. Uh, and then the Arizona Diamondbacks, fourteen over their pace. Uh, they have not had a great couple weeks. They've lost their lead to the Dodgers. Um, but as you're saying, I think they already scored seven runs in the in the game today. But uh, I expect them to still be around there. They're going to hang around because I think they're a talented team. Um, I think an over is probably an easy call at this point. Um, but yeah, I think I think we'll revisit this maybe beginning of September because we might have some. We can make some calls. You know, like um, you know, like in um the elections, they have the guy be like, I can call the this state for somebody. We might be able to do that uh, starting September. Uh, on some of these teams where I'm like, I think Tampa Bay is going to hit their over. Lock it in. Yeah. Baltimore definitely also. Yeah, they seem like a team that's... And Cincinnati and Arizona probably. Their over-under is 76.5. How many wins do they have? Probably 50-something already. Yeah, they're flirting so. with 60 because they're, they're only like yeah. a game behind the the the, the, the Rays who yeah, have they like be, about 60. Yeah, they might be 59. Let's see. I mean, we, yeah, we could find that answer out. We're just yeah, yeah. <laughs> choosing just not fun. to at the moment. 
57 wins. Yeah. So the you know, and they're one game behind the Rays because they've played four games less than the Rays, which is kind of impressive. They just need to win 20 more games the rest of the year, and they'll hit that over. I think they will. I have a hunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the last baseball thing, trade deadline. So not no big trades have happened yet, uh, but the deadline's approaching. Uh, one of the big names out there is Lucas Giolito, the the White Sox. The Dodgers are interested because they just had all these pitching injuries. Um, he's from Southern California. He's a free agent at the end of the year. There's a lot that makes sense there. Um, but the really the biggest name is Otani, mm-hmm. um, who just keeps getting better, it seems like. He's hit like nine home runs this week, it seems like. Yeah, he's hit. Uh, they said he's hit three out of the four games he's been back. He's hit a home run, including last night's two-run home run in the bottom of the seventh against the New York Yankees that tied the game at three, which would then lead the Yankees, I mean the Angels to go on and win in 11 innings. So, uh, yeah, big uh, – or no, I think if they won it in 10 innings, they have the pinch hit walk-off single in the bottom of the 10th. But, yeah, the um, – Otani, I mean, we've talked about it, and, I mean, I hear a lot about it, and, I mean, this is our local team. And uh, I think it's clear he's going to be gone next year. And The guy wants to win. I mean, it, it's clear he wants to win. Uh, when you watched him play in the World Baseball Classic or whatever that is, when they beat – uh, when Japan beat USA in the finals, he was amped up. Last night when he hit that two-run home run, he was amped up. And this is a team that is nine games out of first place and like six games back of the wild card. And you would have thought he just hit a home run, you know, to tie the series at one in like the ALDS or something. I mean, the guy was pumped up. He wants to win. You can tell he loves the game. And he's going to eventually, I think, be on a different team next season. And I think the Angels know that. And if you're not going to be contending, I think they're going to probably try to like push it out as long as they can to be like, is there a chance we contend? Like, is Trout going to come back healthy? Can we actually be buyers instead of sellers? But I think, unfortunately, they're going to have to be sellers. And I think if you know Otani's going to leave, you got to try to get something back for him. Because, I mean, if you trade him to a you know a team, like, it's not like, you know, you, you can get prospects back, but you can also get maybe a, you know, a solid player back also. I mean, you need to build for the future. Because, I mean, if he's going to be gone no matter what, you might as well at least try to get something for him. And I've heard talks about teams like, you know, the Dodgers that have a good farm system. They mentioned how the Orioles have a good farm system, but teams like the Orioles have to realize that he's not going to sign there long-term. So if you're, you're just going to rent him for the half of the season, basically being like, let's win the world series. But I don't, I don't think even with, if Otani went to the Orioles, I still don't think that's enough for the Orioles to win the world series. They're just not an all around complete team, but then you never know. Otani does yeah, pitch also. It's weird. I mean, the Phillies it is weren't weird. that good and they went to the world series. You're, I agree with you. And I mean, we saw that whole stretch where, the Angels won the World Series in 2001 with their team, and then the Marlins did it the year after with their team. You know, it's... I mean, I'm sorry. The Angels won in 2002, and the Marlins did it after. 2001 was the Diamondbacks. That also had a kind of a ragtag team going in. So, I don't know. Baseball, in, in my opinion, I've always said this, I think baseball is the one sport where it really is one at the deadline because uh, you go find those teams that do go get that starting pitcher, pitcher they're missing or that middle-of-the-lineup hitter they're missing that back end of the bullpen they're missing, and it really makes all the difference. So uh, it'll really be exciting over this next two weeks because I believe the deadline is August 1st. So uh, it'll be an exciting next two weeks to see if uh, what teams decide to make some moves. Yeah, I have two other uh, Otani thoughts here. Uh, number one, there's a story that says the Angels will not trade him to the Dodgers. They, they might trade him. So, they're not going to trade him there. So. You know what's funny is before you even said that, I thought that to my head when I first heard that because I'm like, why would the Angels want to give him to the Dodgers? Yeah, but if that's the best trade available, they yeah. should do it. But yeah, teams have 
teams have done that stuff before. Um, I think one of the famous ones was Greg Popovich says he wouldn't trade Kawhi to the Lakers, and they traded him to Toronto, and I don't think it really worked out for the Spurs. I mean, they got Wembenyama, I guess, five years later. Maybe it worked out, but um, and the Lakers won the title the next year anyway, so it didn't really even work to prevent the Lakers from being good. Um, so you probably should just take the best deal available. Um, but you're saying, what's Otani's future? Uh, in baseball, you can't really take one guy and make a team win. That's not how it works. So if it's like, oh, just add Otani to this team and they'll they'll turn it around. Uh, the other problem is the teams that have money have kind of committed all their money. Um, I don't know where he is going to go. Like the Dodgers definitely have the money, but they also have a ton of money committed and might be like, we're out. And maybe he doesn't want, maybe he doesn't even want to be in Southern California. He didn't like it. I don't know. Uh, but the Yankees are in the same position. They've had a ton of money committed. Um, so I don't know. I don't know that the Angels are going to be so unattractive to him versus some of the other options. But yeah, that, that's a, that's a conversation they're going to have in, uh, November, December when that actually, you know, materializes. But yeah, right now it'll be fun to see uh, if any, any team gets them. A team like, uh, I don't, I don't know. The Brewers make a, saying, yeah, I mean, it. I don't know. <laughs> The numbers aren't going to re-sign him, but, you know, like you're saying, the team just like, whatever. How about Miami? What if Miami comes with <laughs> some money? They have probably no payroll right now. Or what if the Braves get him and decide to say, fuck everybody? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... that's, that's I, saw a scary thing about, I saw it, a scary so. thing about the Braves, that they're like nine or ten All-Stars they had. The earliest contract that's up is in like 2026 or something. So the, the Braves have been signing all of their guys to long-term, low-wish contracts... Um, they got away with murder then, it sounds yeah. like, because so they, the, the they're going to be good for a long time, The Andy. risk is like you got players like, uh, let's say, Cody Bellinger or something, who are like win MVP in their third year and then become like an yeah. average player. No, you're right. I mean, you never uh, know how Austin Riley is going to... It hasn't happened for the Braves yet. I mean, obviously, or Albies. Uh, what's the, Acuna was one well, of those. Well, Acuna's like, a, a stud, though. Acuna, he's, they gave like, after like day one, they gave him like a 10-year, $100 million. Yeah, no, he's, he's... Oh, yeah. It was ridiculous to be like, all right, you're committing yourself that to ends not up making at, any money. looking good for them. Oh, yeah. Because Acuna is the year. MVP favorite. Yeah. Um, but that, they, I think they did that with um, like all other position players. Yeah, Austin Riley, Harris. It's like, um, I know Olsen's probably their highest paid player. They gave him an extension as soon as they traded him. But yeah. Um, all right. Want to move to the NBA story? Yes. So not much here, but the Summer League did finish and there was a champion. Um, a weird, weird final week there to the summer league. A lot of the teams kind of pulled players. A lot of the, it's like second stringers were playing and their second stringers on the summer league team. But, um, who did end up winning there? Yeah. The Cleveland Cavaliers ended up winning. They, uh, they beat the Houston Rockets in the finals last night. And, uh, they beat them pretty handily. I think they beat them by like 20 plus points or something. They, they definitely controlled the whole game. Uh, so the Cleveland Cavaliers were the summer league champions. Uh, they finished six and zero. Uh, the Houston Rockets then, I guess, finished 5-1, and one, but they uh, they had the MVP of the whole tournament, uh, Whitmore. So I don't even remember where this guy's from. <laughs> so this was uh, a, a weird story. He was he was thought to be one of the best players coming out of college. He went to Villanova. Okay. Um, he dropped all the way to 20. Um, and there was like, was he hurt? Did he have bad interviews? Did the coaches at Villanova said, don't draft him, he's got a you know, some attitude problems or something. Um, but yeah, he was thought like talent wise to be definitely a top 10 guy. So, um, yeah, that's interesting that he had a good summer league for them. Um, that was also the, 
that would have been the Clippers pick. Um, that was what they earned, but they had to pick swapped in the Eric Gordon deal. So, um, yeah, the Clippers could have had that guy. Mm, that but instead, they got like... they got Kobe out of it, okay? They got Kobe. Kobe, right. Kobe B, too. <laughs> um, yeah, well. Just, just a different one. Yeah, that's uh we'll we'll see how that ends up panning out for them. The Rockets have a good a good young team possibly, so we will see. But uh yeah, that was just a little quick little quick thing about uh the summer league being coming to an end, so not too much to talk about with that. Should we move over to the NFL? All right. Um yeah, we got some so a big delay there, I'm sorry, on on the audio. But uh yeah, the NFL, there's there's some stories including uh, DeAndre Hopkins finally signing with the team. He's signing with the Tennessee Titans. That doesn't really do much for me. I don't know. The Titans aren't, aren't no, good. Who's their quarterback? They they drafted didn't they drafted Levis right? Yeah, it's it's really. I agree with you. It's not that big of a thing because I've also I was listening to something that brought up a good point too. That the Titans are known for doing this, where they they kind of draft receivers when or not draft. I'm sorry, pick up receivers when they're a little bit past their prime. I for, I completely forgot that they had Randy Moss before. They had Julio Jones. Uh, Andre Johnson, they go and they get receivers that are a little bit past their their time. And DeAndre Hopkins choosing to go to Tennessee is a little odd in my opinion because you would have thought like I know he said originally like his main teams were like oh I want to go to the Chiefs or the Bills or the Ravens like teams that can actually contend for a Super Bowl, and he ends up going to the the Titans. A little bizarre, but uh, I mean I, I other I just don't even understand another reason. And the funny thing is too is like you know. With the odds, uh, they're over under uh, in wins. I think went from seven and a half to about eight and a half. So they gave them some credit in that. And then I think their division odds went from like I think it was like plus four hundred to like plus three ten. So it went up a little bit, but their Super Bowl odds didn't change at all. Ninety to one, still ninety to one. And I agree with that because I think you know, of course, Andre uh, DeAndre Hopkins is worth another game, game and a half to their win total. I agree with that. Uh, I would agree too that it would definitely knock their chances. To, I mean, make their chances increase to win the division because that is already a little rough division. I mean, we're banking on Jacksonville being really dominant this year, but you know who knows. And then obviously the Texans and Colts have their own issues. But to contest for a Super Bowl, no chance. DeAndre Hopkins is not nearly enough to defeat what the AFC has to bring, which is a lot. I mean, they've got the the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Bills, the Ravens. Possibly the Jets if Aaron Rodgers, you know, is something good. The Jaguars, I mean, that AFC is is very stacked. Uh, the Miami Dolphins have a lot of talent. So, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins to the Titans isn't. Uh, it makes things exciting there with Hopkins and Derrick Henry, I guess, together. But it's it's not going to be enough uh, to make them anything more than what they already are. I mean, it is interesting how certain players who we thought were really great kind of we. Do we give up on them too soon? Do we think they're too old? Um, I think DeAndre Hopkins and, and Devontae Adams are the same age. And you say like three years ago, those are like the two best receivers. And since then, Hopkins has had some injury problems and Adams has had more good seasons. And just like, yeah, if you're ranking wide receivers, Adams is still going to be up there in the top five. And like Hopkins is nowhere to be found. But like he is still a name. So I, I think he could contribute. It is a little disappointing that he – he can contribute to a good team, but he's going to go to a team that probably isn't going to do much, but doesn't throw the ball all that much. But um, yeah. yeah, he's getting he's getting thirteen million a year. That's you know maybe he's just like I want to get as much money as I can because I don't know how much longer of an NFL career I'm going to have. But um, yeah, hopefully just the the injuries he's had the last couple of years are, are not like career 
changing, but uh, I think he did hit hit the over on 30, which is like a big thing. Used to be for running backs, you, uh, you hit 30 and you, you die, but it's starting to happen with uh, wide receivers too. Um, but yeah, our, our next couple stories about running backs and how they are treated. Uh, first thing, uh, Le'Veon Bell has apologized to the Steelers <laughs> fans that he uh, is still very upset with how everything happened. He apologizes because his career went to shit after he decided um, to make yeah, that decision. So he, But he says he, he apologizes to Steelers fans because they didn't deserve to be put in the middle of all that. And uh, they were great the whole time. And um, he wishes that you know everything worked out. Um, but if you don't know what we're talking about, Le'Veon Bell... Held out from the Steelers. He wanted it. What eight. year even was that? Like 2018 or something? Like 19? Yeah. yeah. He wanted a bigger deal because he knew that uh, you need you need to get paid like as soon as possible if you're running back. Because otherwise, once you hit a certain age, mm-hmm. you just don't get the same type of deal. Um, I think the Steelers did offer him something that he rejected. Um, he ended up sitting out. And the free agent deal he got with the Jets was less than what he Steelers might have given him. And then he was just not even productive the rest of his career. Played for a couple more teams. Um, but I think he was also right to try to get as much money. Like, that he was one of the – I mean, obviously he's one of the best running backs, but just unique. Like, I loved watching the guy. I loved what he contributed. Oh, yeah. Uh, receiving. Um, and it does suck that it's like he, he gave the Steelers like five great years and didn't get paid much and then gave the Jets no good years and <laughs> made like $20 million off of them. Which is fine. That's a nice career, but like, it's just a big disconnect of like, he gave five all pro production years from the Steelers and they probably paid him $10 million total. And just, uh, that's just how it, it works in the NFL with running backs now. And, uh, um, in addition to what he said, we have, we have more stories, but oh, there's one other thing about Le'Veon Bell. He tweeted today that he views himself, um, he views his whole situation with the Steelers like, like the film A Bug's Life. Uh, the Pixar movie, um, that he was the ant that was uh, <laughs> confronted the grasshoppers and ended up getting punished for it. But he really led uh, to other people, you know, being able to speak out. Uh, yeah, no, I would agree with that. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell's the. It's an interesting way to put it. He was probably. It's a very weird ones, uh, reference. Some good ones that day, yeah. but uh, I would agree with that to the sense that. I feel like Le'Veon Bell is one of the first stories I remember where it's like a star running back held out. But the only difference with him was he he ended up sitting out the whole season, I think, didn't he? Like I don't I think, even think, think he ended so, up playing yeah. at all. And he probably helped uh, like Elliott and McCaffrey get get good deals and be over. He was a little bit of a trailblazer. I'll give yeah. him that. Like he did, you know, step up there and you know, and he, you saw it too. I mean, the re- the rest of his NFL career was not was not good. I mean, this guy held out at the peak of his career, the knew his worth, didn't get it, and then when he ended up going somewhere, was just never. His window had passed, and it's unfortunate because Le'Veon Bell was a very, very, very good running back. It was, it was really so fun to watch him, him play. I mean, I never disagreed with him. I never was upset at him because, I mean, after he left, I mean, it's like we're still doing fine. We got fucking James Conner came in after him who did just fine. Najee Harris is good. I mean, there's – I got nothing against Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he was trying to get his money. I think I, – I, I feel bad. I feel more bad for him than he should – I, you know, than he should feel bad for Steeler fans. I mean, he – He's the one that went, uh, you know, it, it, what's unfortunate for Steeler fans is that we had Le'Veon Bell, we had Antonio Brown, and they both ended up just wasting their talent in a way because Le'Veon Bell wasted it by the fact that he wanted more money, didn't get it sat out the year and ended up just kind of, you know, wasting his talent in a sense. And then Antonio Brown ended up just going batshit crazy. I mean, there's no other way to put that. 
And it's unfortunate. I mean, and it's it's crazy to think that we had those two athletes on a team for multiple years in a row and uh, nothing really came of it. And then they both ended up, uh, they're both out of the league now, not doing anything. So, uh, you know, Godspeed. But um, speaking of running backs, we have more running backs holding out. Uh, two notable ones is um, Saquon Barkley and uh, why am I blanking? <laughs> I'm blanking too. Yeah. yeah. Wow. This was a, uh, we had already. Saquon Barkley. We literally, hold on, I got it. Josh Jacobs. And Josh Jacobs. I apologize for that. We, uh, I don't know, brain fart there for a moment. Uh, both those running backs uh, want deals that they haven't gotten yet, and they're holding out a training camp. And they're allowed to hold out a training camp without losing money, but it's when the season starts is when they'll start to lose money. And, uh, you know, I, I, feel, I feel for those guys because uh, last year was Saquon Barkley's first full healthy season, and he had a great season. Uh, last year was also Josh Jacobs, a healthy season that had his best season and they're not getting their money. And they understand that, Hey, if you're not going to pay us after what we did last year, if we're going to get a whole year more and we're going to get a year older and get a year farther away from our prime, then we're, we're not going to get paid big next year too. So, I mean, they, they know they, they want their money and they want it now. And, uh, if their, their selective teams won't pay them, which is, you know, the Raiders for Jacobs and the giants for Barkley, then they want someone who will. And uh, I don't know. I mean, do you think these guys will both be uh, in the starting lineup on opening day or will they hold out a little bit longer? What do you think? I know a lot of the running backs out there on Twitter, like we mentioned uh, pre-production, like Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler were both very vocal about it because it is a thing where a lot of people are being like, hey, running backs can be replaced after like a three, four year window. Yeah. But, uh, the reality for both those guys is that their productive NFL careers will probably be over be over within the next three years. Um, so you take up another year here, uh, and they go to the open market. Um, other teams are going to be like, yeah, now you have two good years left. Um, and that's like the best case scenario. The worst case scenario, you have a bad year next year, get hurt. You're going to find yourself in a position. You're not going to be able to get anything. And, um, yeah, the market is just, it's not working out for running backs. Uh, you see third and fourth string wide receivers get more money per year than top running backs, but that's just, I don't know. It's it's the free market of of NFL free agency. Um, running backs are replaceable. Um, even great talents. It's hard to see how much they contribute to teams. Like I don't know. Saquon Barkley and the Giants. He definitely helped them to a playoff spot. I don't know if I would say carry carried them, but he was a huge part of that offense. But it seemed like that's also part of it. Is they're going to use the shit out of him while they have him, and then cut him <clears> loose. <throat> um, and that's what that's what you do. I mean. Talk about your your team spent a first round pick on a running back a couple of years ago, and they've already given him a ton of carries, ton of receptions. I would assume they're going to do the same thing. That three years from now they're going to be like goodbye. We'll we'll draft another guy in the first or second round to replace you. Um, and if that keeps happening like in perpetuity, yeah, there's going to be some changes. But yeah, it's always hard to defend guys who are trying like fifteen million dollars a year is not enough for me. I want more, but. Um, they probably are. They probably do deserve a little bit more. And oh, yeah. teams are using these these rules like the franchise tag to kind of circumvent that. So I don't know. As far as them sitting out, yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, I had this experience with my team. Melvin Gordon had the same thing of like, I want I want 10, million, 10, 12 million a year. And they're like, yeah, you're probably not worth that. Um, we might give you 8 million a year. And he, he did sit out. Um, a few games, and it, Austin Eckler took over as the number one receiver, or number one running back, and was like, "Oh, this guy is actually good enough to be a number one." And now you see the cycle repeated itself, 
Austin Eckler's like, I don't get paid shit. I want more money. And they're like, yeah, well, we're going to pay you one more year and then we'll replace you. And that's just, that's just uh, how it works. But yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you do. Maybe, uh, running backs all get paid an extra 20% by the NFL directly. I don't know. <laughs> what do you do? Um, what's going to happen is there's going to be no good ru- uh, running back prospects. They're all going to be like, fuck it. I'll play linebacker. I'll play, I'll be a pass <laughs> rusher. Because pass rushers can get paid $25 million a year. Um, back in the day, like when we were younger, running back was the position. Like, remember when I was in high school and it was like Priest Holmes, Ladanian Thomason, Ricky Williams, uh, Jamal Lewis. It's just like running back was the guy. Um, quarterbacks were like, oh, yeah. Tasty white guys that weren't cool at all. But running backs, those, those are the cool guys. But I don't know. It's just a different world. No, I agree. 100%. Are we ready to go over to the soccer world? Yeah, we are. The soccer world uh, had actually a big uh, North American, Central American tournament for the last few weeks. Uh, and Mexico ended up coming out victorious. Mexico beat Panama in the finals at SoFi Stadium this past Sunday night. 1-0, uh, goal in the 88th minute. So it was 0-0 for a while. And uh, Mexico being in the finals isn't surprising, but you might ask, wow, how did Panama get there? And Panama got there because they beat USA uh, in a shootout. It was 0-0 after regulation. They did extra time. Panama scored uh, in the first 15 minutes of extra time, and then USA matched it in the final 15 minutes of extra time. So it was tied after extra time, so they went to a shootout where uh, Panama ended up beating the USA in a shootout. I think it was like 5-4 to four or something. So uh, Panama moved on to the finals. USA, for what it's worth, were playing their B team. I mean, their, their big boys were not in this tournament. There was no Pulisic. There was no you know, McKinney and... All the other good guys that they have, so uh, they uh, they they did play their their B squad, but uh, you know maybe a couple of those guys on the B squad are on the A squad. I don't know that for sure, but I know it wasn't their lineup they would have brought out. You know, match one of the World Cup or anything like that. But uh, you know, yeah, they ended up falling short, uh, losing to Panama in the semis, and uh, Mexico ended up winning it. And I mean, in these tournaments, you know, it usually is either Mexico or uh, USA. I believe that was uh, the goalie for Mexico, Ochoa. It was like his ninth, eighth or ninth gold cup trophy. So, I mean, he's been on the team for a long time and USA only got good recently. So Mexico used to just dominate, uh, you know, this North America, Central America tournament for a long time. So, uh, you know, a little bit more in there now, but uh, yeah, Mexico champion. So congrats to them. And then another quick thing I just wanted to bring up was that. Well, I mean, Mexico, that was not that long ago. They lost to US and. Yeah, there was another tournament yeah. a few weeks, they, uh, like a couple months ago or a month ago. Their, they fired their coach. So. Yeah, so they... Really? So they, they turned it around, I guess. I don't know how that works. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing is that, uh, speaking of soccer, still just continuing with it, is that uh, the Women's World Cup actually begins this Thursday. Uh, the United States is the favorites at uh, like plus 200 or something like that. Uh, so they are uh, the favorites to win it. And then it's uh, England and... You know, somebody else like Sweden usually I think is like one of the top teams also that are uh, behind them in the current odds. But uh, yeah, USA is up. They start off against Vietnam at 6 p.m. on Friday, July 21st. And uh, they are six goal favorites against Vietnam. And you might uh, know that USA, uh, the women's team does not hold back. I think they played. I forget who it was. They played a few world cups ago where they beat them like 13 to nothing. It might've even been Vietnam to be honest. And got to get that revenge. 
Yeah, they 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 kick their ass, and uh, that's going to segue me into another thing really quickly that I wanted to talk about is that during the summer there's a lot of uh, friendlies, and in today's matchup was not very friendly as Bayern Munich beat an under you know grade German team twenty seven to zero, and I can't even make that up twenty seven to zero. I didn't believe it until I saw it was on like the ESPN ticker. And I was like, wait, what? And I looked it up myself. And yeah, they beat a team 27 to nothing today. They were up 18 to zero at halftime. <laughs> and then they still went out and scored another nine goals in the second half. Just absolutely annihilated this team. Uh, and yeah, I mean, so Bayern Munich looking good. I don't know if they're, who they're sending the message to and what their whatever is. But uh, yeah, that's that's the biggest. I've been a soccer fan for about 10 years now, probably. And that's the biggest you know, deficit I've seen. It's, uh, that's, it's pretty remarkable that they, uh, they pulled that off today, but, uh, yeah, regardless 27, nothing final. So, uh, yeah, they, uh, are looking good, I guess, but, uh, that's pretty much, I guess all I've got for, uh, some brief little soccer news here. Well, should we, uh, ship up to Tahoe and talk about the, uh, golf tournament? Yes, we definitely should. The um, golf tournament was this weekend. We had a lot of celebrities in it. And uh, Andy's favorite player, Steph Curry, ended up taking it home. Steph Curry ended up uh, finishing with 75 total points. They do some weird like point format thing there where it's like, uh, you know, Eagles worth a certain amount of points. Pars were a certain amount of points. Birdie and hole in ones, which is notable because Steph Curry also got a hole in one in this tournament. And he ended up uh, winning by two points over Marty Fish, who was a former tennis player. And then Joe Pavelski finished third. Mark Mulder finished fourth. And Aaron Rodgers finished fifth. And uh, that's a lot of... Uh, a, a lot, lot of, of Bay Area talent I was just here. about to say that. It's a lot of Bay Area talent. Steph Curry for the Golden State Warriors. Pavelski for the Sharks. Mulder for the Oakland Athletics. And Aaron Rodgers for the Cal Golden Bears. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of Bay Area talent. John Elway from Stanford. John Elway from Stanford. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Steph Curry's dad, Del Curry, actually finished 11th. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Jake Owen, good little country singer in there. I like that. Yeah, that's uh, a good, a lot of good fun celebrities there. A lot of names that you haven't heard, I feel like, in a long time, too, which makes it, you know, kind of cool to see. Carlton finished tied for 24th. Yeah, very good. Good for him. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I've been to that tournament. It's uh, a lot of fun. If any of you guys are listening, we also do not believe Sean. So <laughs> I didn't get to play in it, but it's probably like 14 years ago or something. So I want to note this really quick because it's on the website that Andy and I are looking at right now. But Charles Barkley, I guess at MGM or something, there was a, or Caesars or MGM, there was a prop bet of would Charles Barkley finish top 70. And everybody started putting money on yes, which was like a plus, which was like a three to one, like underdog. And he ended up not finishing top 70. He did finish like 80-something, I believe. 81st, yes. So <laughs> Now, here's the thing, Sean. I remember the celebrity that you like got a picture of. Well, I got multiple pictures of multiple celebrities. Well, this was the one I remember because he's, I guess it's important. Um, he actually finished 80th. Brian Baumgartner. That was, I remember you were like, hey, I got a picture of this guy. Uh, it's uh, yeah, Kevin yeah. from The Office. He, I had him as your caller ID for years. <laughs> yeah. That photo. Uh, so that's, it must be his tournament. I'm he, pretty sure he was golfing with Cheadle. 
and he had yeah. a bad shot and someone yelled like it's okay and he kind of looked down towards that direction of the wherever the shout came from and he shouted back is it <laughs> love the uh competitive inviting him back because he he brings a big big pot of chili yeah every year romano wasn't very good and he was just mostly out there having fun you know Barkley was still doing the one-handed thing back then. Yeah. It was fun. I have a close-up of my dad on a hill right next to the green where Jordan is uh, picking up his ball, and uh, he's the only one over there. I feel like they're probably like, who? What celebrity is this guy with the big hat? Like, is he allowed to be up there? Good stuff. Well, we do have real golf, too. I mean, professional golf. Yes, we do. Uh, the Open is this weekend. Oh, yeah. The, the British Open, and this year it'll be in Liverpool. So does that, that get you excited? Oh, that does get me excited. Um, it'll be at like 2 in the morning probably starting because, um, you know, it's a way over there. Um, but, yeah, we got let me go over some of the favorites here. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is the favorite. So what, what do you think about that? I mean, yeah, he's uh, plus, always going to be the favorite. Uh, Rory McIlroy, plus 750. He keeps getting close. And he says this is this is the one. He's he's ready for it. So. Yeah, he just won a tournament, I think, this past weekend or he's, something. He seems to win a lot of tournaments as long as they're not majors. Um, yeah, he's been on <laughs> that, is, that is true. He's been on a good run the past couple of years and just, just still not won one. He's gotten second place thing multiple times. Uh, John Rahm plus twelve hundred. Uh, Brooks Kepka, so they both have won majors this year plus eighteen hundred. Uh, Cameron Smith plus two thousand. Um, those are the favorites right there. Um, other notable names that I just picked out: Dustin Johnson plus thirty three hundred. Um, big big LIV golfer. Um, it seems like he was a hot name five years ago and isn't as much anymore. Um, and then Wyndham Clark plus five thousand. He's uh, the guy who won the U.S. Open um, a few weeks ago. So uh, still pretty far down on there. But yeah, that'll be this uh, this Thursday. So Sunday morning, you can wake up early and see the the final round there and. Absolutely. Beautiful Liverpool? I don't, I don't know. I, isn't Liverpool like all smog and shit or something? I don't know. I've never... Don't working know. class, like, I think the Beatles told me. I don't know. A working class hero. Yeah. <laughs> that is a Beatles song, right? Or is it a John Lennon song? For sure. I think you're right. No, I am right. Because I, yeah. I only know it because we did a... My freshman year, eighth grade year, my buddy's older stepbrother had to do like a senior project or something like that. And we did a music video and we used that song in it. It wasn't a music video. It was like kind of like an artsy video, but basically yeah. we beat up our buddy in the video. It was an interesting video. I'd love to actually see it again, but that's nor here nor there. Uh, anything else to add? I think that's it. All right, well, we covered oh. some uh, some oh, fun too, stuff yeah. here on episode 333 of the Tony's Take podcast. I'm Sean and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Thank you. And Tony Katz. Yes, thank you very much. We'll see you later.